0: Uh, okay. Uh, Mr. Host, can you uh, help me with my camera? Oh, oh noted. Uh, my volume is low. So, perfect uh volume uh where do we yeah um when my volume gets to a good place just let me let me know Uh, um, check one two check one two um mm-hmm. i'm waiting um okay when it gets better just le- le- let me know oh now it's a go- at a good level Ah okay thank you uh welcome to today's uh, service uh, um the pathway of the of the sermon uh, thank you pastor Luis, for introducing me for uh, those who have not seen my face before this is my face uh, my name is lady mandela uh, at this moment in time i'm almost 30 years old uh, what else i have two sons One wife, Kibaki, uh, taught us how to say one wife after the wife stood next to him in a press conference. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just to confirm that uh, (laughs) there's only one wife and and, and not two. Uh, That was the beginning of uh, his marriage to one, uh, Marcy Mandela. If you hear the noises in the background, those are probably my children. And uh, easy, don't touch those cables. Uh, Yes. uh, So before before we start, uh, what do I say? Uh, A little bit of background. I go to this church called Infinite Fellowship Ministries. I joined in 2011 after meeting bishop oh who was then uh passing to me in 2010 uh it was uh uh we, had, we we knew uh, from 2010 we fellowship for a couple of months before we moved to churches, and when we moved churches I didn't think we'd move to his church. Uh, I would moved to his church. everyone made a personal decision to move to whichever church they moved to. <laughs> uh, and that and, and that was uh, where I joined church it's been a roller coaster, but I do not regret it. Uh, one thing when I move church is what my mom told me, when you move to that church don't think uh, you're moving to a perfect church there's no, there's no such thing as a perfect church and I've come to realize that there's no such thing as a perfect church so where you are, enjoy it with all the good things and imperfections and uh, uh, mishaps and all the everything nice that, that is happening, if you focus too much on the negative you'll be like oh this is wrong, this is wrong then eventually even if you have planted in the house where god wants you to be planted in uh, you'd find uh, eventually you're not uh, you're you're not bearing fruit in the place you're supposed to bear fruit yes so that's a bit of a background about me uh, in, in relation to church um, so we'll go s- into I hope I'll, my sermon will make sense today. And uh, before, the, before I say that, before we go into the sermon, uh, there's something I'd like to highlight before we go on. Uh, in, this fun, in this strange season we are in, um, there's a, this has nothing to do with my sermon. This has something to do with your own research. Uh, there are creatures called the Nephilim. In uh, Genesis when you read, uh, the Bible says they were, uh, the Nephilim were there before the flood and even after the flood. And uh, these are very strange guys. Uh, they originated from an a, a unholy marriage between angels uh, a class of angels who decided they'll come to Earth and uh, they saw women and they saw they are lovely and decided they'll come to Earth and take women for themselves. And uh, out of uh, the birth of this, uh, out of the natwa uh, copulation of these uh, uh, creatures, uh, there came forth the nephilim. And uh, these these guys are very interesting, and it's part of the reason why God destroyed again the world with a flood. Not my words again. There was a first flood, but uh, that's another another story for another day. And uh, what will happen after that is uh, because uh, the nephilim, uh, the flood destroyed uh, these creatures. the spirits of these creatures could not go back to God because they did not come from God. Uh, So we have a class of creatures that are uh, uh, what we call disembodied spirits that form part of the... They are not the the only origin of demons or they are part of, but uh, they form a a part of the class of what we call demons. And uh, the Bible says they were there before the flood and even after the flood. And you discover the Nephilim were not just giants. There are people who are laced with the supernatural knowledge. And uh, I wouldn't say wisdom, but uh, knowledge about mystical stuff, magic, uh, advanced science, uh, what we now call uh, where we get our inspiration for our superhero m- movies from if you see there uh, there are, uh, there are an amalg- am- amalgamation of uh, stuff. Mm. Those movies you, when you watch you're like ex- uh, let's say Spider-Man, a demon, a spider then Akakoa into a man that r- has shoots webs and saves people and all that. So you're like uh, can man really imagine su- such stuff or uh, um do they actually really exist? There's even a text in the Bible that says, uh, not in the Bible, there are other texts that say, uh, and they taught even creatures how to sin, not only man. So uh, I'm putting it out there because uh, the Bible says they were there before the flood and after the flood. And uh, I'm putting out there, particularly in this season, because... uh, there's a secret in this season surrounding those so yeah four-year research but that had nothing to do with the someone i'm going to preach today that was just as a by the way i thought it would be something interesting you would like to look on when you are not uh, doing uh, uh, instagram and youtube for fun and uh, facebook and uh, TikTok and all that you know when you when you get time when you are bored with doing those other things you can look into that so yeah, that that is that about that. So we'll go into the sermon today. Um, uh, today the topic of this sermon I'd call it interpreting the gift stroke, interpreting the voice, interpreting the gift uh, stroke, uh, interpreting the voice. Uh, I hope I'll be able to finish today. If I do not finish today, I'm sorry for you. Uh, there's little I can do about I, uh, about that. Um, and then, oh yeah, there's a clock behind me to remind me that this time going. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I know I've noticed with these online things, we tell people it's one hour, then we do not look at time. Then like you Instagram has this uh, one hour live thing. So you have to start again and then you lose viewers. <laughs> uh, so I, I hope I'll be able to keep time according to the time I want to, I want to keep. If I do not uh, finish in time, we'll meet on another day and at another time. Uh, But that's about it. Uh, So let me start. Um, I'll start with the first statement that will sound contrary to everything I believe in. Or uh, not I believe in, everything that uh, I've been doing or the way I've been living life. The first statement I'll start with is, uh, not everyone needs a spiritual father. Yeah... uh, I know that sounds controversial. That sounds uh, opposite to what we've been taught, but uh, just hear me out today. Uh, there's uh, some somewhere I'm going with this uh, because uh, I, I I want to help people answer a few questions that they have that uh, um. If they have in the body of Christ about relation relationships, if I may say, in general. So let me start again. Not everyone needs a spiritual father, and it's not heresy. Uh, but keep that in mind as I go on with what I'm going to say. So I'm going to first talk about gifts. Gifts. Uh, what are gifts or oh, where? I'll start with the verse. Uh, I hope there'll be somebody posting them on the chat. Um, Ephesians 4 verse 8. King, do not touch that light. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 8. Uh, I'll be reading mostly from the NKJV and KJV. I'm used to that. I'm not used to KJV, but I'm used to NKJV now. Um, so Ephesians 4 verse 8 and it says wherefore he said when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men so uh, this is a very interesting sermon that talks about gifts I could have chosen about any other scripture but uh, I wanted to particularly focus on this one because of what it has to say um what is a gift? Uh, uh, and a gift is a natural ability or a supernatural ability. You know, it's an ability what we call in Kiswahili Kipawa, ability to do something, a special, no, let's call it a special, ab- a unique ability that is unique to somebody. It's not uh, unique to everyone. I'd also call a gift, uh, what we are used to, like for example, uh, uh, somebody my uh, like a few weeks ago, my brother Rob and his wife and decided to gift very nice cutlery, not cutlery, uh, plates. They decided to give, gift me very nice uh, plates and cups and bowls, and it was uh, fantastic. Aya yes I'm preaching I'm preaching the word Ayash this is my firstborn son called King Aya he's uh, sometimes very shy <laughs> uh, so he led captivity um captive and gave gifts to men so what is a gift a gift is something that has was a was once in your possession that has left your hands and is no longer your own property, or is no longer in your own possession. For example, uh, I have a, uh, let's say, this Bible. It's mine, but the moment I decide let me give let me gift it to my wife, it's no longer mine. If it still if it still remains in my possession like I am still the owner of it, then it's not a gift. It's just something I've loaned to her. But the moment I say this is yours and this is no longer mine, this is, this now becomes a gift. Karibun right, But uh, yeah, Th- this, is na- this is now a gift because it's no longer my own. Uh, so I want us to realize something. Um, a gift is a gift only once handed over, meaning uh, when Jesus uh, ascended up on high, of course, after the resurrection, and gave gifts to men, it therefore stands that Jesus no longer has any gifts to give anymore. <laughs> you understand me? Because it's no longer in his possession. Uh, so it's, it's, no, it's, no, it's no longer his, it's ours. So that's why God's gifts are without repentance. They are without repentance. So it means once he, he has given it to them, uh, to us, uh, he cannot say, I will recall it, or, uh, or uh, uh, it's still mine, so I, I am the owner of it. No, it's yours. It's yours to do whatever you want with it. Uh, so, it's, so you have to understand that part of a gift he has given gifts to men and he already gave them because that thing is the, uh, the giving already happened. Mm-hmm. So it means uh, it, you have already been preordained with gifts. You're already born with gifts within you. Uh, there's no, uh, the, at the moment, basically how it works is that when you're born, you're born with gifts. What happens is that over time you, you keep on discovering I have a gift. Uh, so it is a lot of us uh, usually we pray for God to give us gifts, not knowing already God has put the gifts in us. As you're thinking, oh, I need a new gift for this. Most of the time, already God has given the gift to you, but you what you're thinking is, oh, I need I, I need I need to pray for this gift and this gift. But if you really, really, really investigate, people don't uh, pray pray for gifts, then God gives them. God has already put out these gifts. It's only you are not aware that they are already there inside you. So that is is the first thing I wanted to say about a gift. A gift also um, is an ability that helps you... uh, Undertake a task with much more ease uh, than you would without the gift. For example, uh, uh, for example, what would I say? Uh, if I'm a gifted uh, musician, it means I can take up is- music more easily with much more ease than somebody who's not gifted in the area of music. For them, they will really have to struggle, but for me, because I'm a gifted musician, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I think I'm a gifted musician. <laughs> uh, I'd take up, I'd, I'd be able to approach music music from a, uh, from a much uh, better and higher perspective and uh, more than somebody who's not gifted. So a gift, uh, it, it, gives us, it gives us that uh, unique ability, gives everyone that uh, unique a- a- ability. Uh, they open... Let me, uh, they open doors. Uh, the diligence of your gift op- uh, opens doors for you. So <laughs> a gift is also a key, if I may say, uh, into a, into another uh, uh, dimensional realm, if I may put it that way. Uh, but uh, le- let's go on before I go- get to that. So gifts are designed to give influence. Uh, gifts are designed with the idea that uh, a certain gift will give you influence over the souls of a certain uh, of people of a certain populace for example um, again uh, if i have the gift of music uh, i think that one is the one which is most uh, uh, because i'm seeing guitars and pianos here and i'm using a microphone it it is designed such that when i sing or when i play uh, I'll be able to influence your souls in one way or or the other. You understand me until that point. Uh, It it, it allows me to influence the souls of men up to a certain point. That's why the more gifted you are, uh, the more influence and the more uh, the souls of men are are attuned to hear, to, to be attracted to what you have. So that's uh, that's just to- talking basically about music. You know, you can go go into any other gift. You may be gifted for business. So it means, uh, literally, uh, your gift uh, helps you attract business. Because what happens in the realm of the spirit is, you attract things. So to the capacity of which you're able to grow, your magnetic force, you're able to attract whatever is uh, designed for you. But I uh, will will go. Uh, deeper into that. Why did I say souls? Uh, because a lot of uh, <coughs> uh, gifts op- op- operate uh, to attract the senses of a man. You know, the senses are housed within the soul. You know, uh, hearing, seeing, sight, taste, all that. Their senses ho- housed in the souls, but also even our emotions and even our minds. The brain is housed in the physical place called the cranium or the skull. But our our mind is is, uh, hosted in the soul because the soul is the realm from which uh, physical interactions emanate. That's where we have our personalities. That's where we have uh, our senses. That's where we have all these other things. But uh, yeah, that's why uh, gifts a lot of times operate in the realm of soul. You do not have to be Spiritual to be gifted, because not all gifts um, uh, are usually designed um, to. uh, Not uh, not every operation of every gift is necessarily meant to be spiritual. That's why you find even unbelievers and atheists uh, may have a gift, Uh, but uh, because they are not spiritual, it still have it still has influences over the soul of men but uh, not necessarily the spirits, but gifts help you to sway the souls of men in a certain direction. And uh, because we are sensual beings, uh, that's what I'd say at this at this moment. I'm trying to really go through this thing. Uh, uh, okay, I do, uh, l- l- let me explain something between the, uh, the difference between the soul and the spirit. Uh, the soul and the spirit uh, one of the places you can see the uh, divide between the two is in Genesis 1 verse 6. I find that to be a, a very interesting uh, scripture. Uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. So these are there are waters that are below and there are waters that are above. The waters of the spirit are uh, above what you would call your spirit realm. It lives in, you know, in the heavenly places, but uh, your soul is meant to interact on earth. That's why, you know, uh, we talk about the salvation of souls because the realm of the soul is supposed to be the realm of... Uh, which operates in the earth. So th- that's why uh, I was saying our gifts uh, influence our soul and not always our gifts in influence the spirit. You may be very gifted so you influence the soul of people, even especially let's say gospel music. I'm sorry I'm talking about worship uh, music so much. You may be uh, an influential uh, gospel musician or even worship musician. But in the realms of the your, of your spirit, your, your music has no, or your, the gift of music has no effect. Because you are operating in the waters below the firmament. But there are waters above the firmament, which, are, which is the realm of the spirits that you're not operating in. So that's why, uh, that's how gifts come in, where gifts are, have primarily their influence, not only, but primarily. Uh, where okay fine uh, where is the place of the firmament <laughs> the place of the firmament is the divide that separates the soul and the spirit that is the divide where I know this is a bit off topic but that is the divide where everything influential happens that is the divide where the word of God happens. And that is the divide where the spirits happen, uh, like demons and stuff like that. That is the divide where principalities happen. And th- that is why we are told uh, to be, uh, what do we call it, uh, to, to, guard, to guard our souls. And we wash ourselves by the waters of the word. Because what happens is the word enters the firmament. And then the firmament, from the firmament is where you get a, a drop-down that, that connects your spirit, and uh, the word connects your spirit, because your spirit, your, your second one, I remember, I re- hope you remember the sermon about the second man being in the spirit, connects to your man, which is the earthly man, which is in the soul realm. To be able to connect and to be able to, uh, uh, your soul is now able to articulate what the second man in the spirit uh, desires for you to do according to God's purpose. That's why the word is important, because the word helps to make that connection. However, when you have not the word, but other things, you have uh, thoughts that are uh, around, uh, influenced by what you listen to. You know, uh, I'm listening to, uh, today I'll be talking about uh, hot button topics, I guess. Uh, you and your thoughts are influenced around one, feminism, two uh, uh, movements that you do not understand the spiritual uh, significance of let's say like uh, uh, Black Lives Matter which has nothing to do with black lives. It's just ushering something else for somebody else. Uh, And all those things. Once they in the realm of the firmament. They influence what your soul thinks, because your mind is in the soul. That's why we are told to have the mind of Christ, but you can't have the mind of Christ without the Word of Christ, which the mind of Christ is in the upper firmament, uh, the upper waters, not in the lower waters. That's why the Word is very important. That's why you know whatever you you feed your you, you feed your uh, yourself with. is what will influence you because all that influence happens in the realm of the of the firmament but uh, again you know we do not pay pay attention to this because you know maybe think uh, life is just uh, simple no life is life as uh, paul says is in the spirit it's not in the realm of the flesh and of the uh, oh, it's not in the realm of the flesh and what we, we, we read before us. You know, you have to investigate things. That's why, you know, I think that's why I put up by when we were starting. Uh, you have to investigate things, really, what is happening. Where, where is this coming from? Not just accepting it because, you know, media has pushed it, social media has pushed it, mainstream media has pushed it. No, you have to reason for yourself. You have to... Uh, uh weight against the skills of the world, what what does the word got to say you know um somebody called Jonathan Isaac is a basketball player for the Celtics i believe um on friday he refused to take a knee and everyone was like okay you know it was unprecedented cuz a black man was not taking a knee for the fla- for black lives matter and even wasn't wearing a black lives matter shirt So it was looking weird on the whole court. He was the only one standing. And when he was asked after the press conference, because guys were were confused because they were like, you know, people who do not take knees are whites. So they are racists. That is the obvious conclusion. But the guy was asked after the conference, after the uh, game, why didn't you take, and he said, uh, because when I, uh, you know, when he investigated the word of God, uh, he saw, you know, all men are equal before God. <laughs> uh, so, Black Lives Matter is relevant before God. But uh, you can go and check up on that, Jonathan Isaac. On any, you know, it was a very interesting thing. If I saw it yesterday, and I was like, Wow, this is somebody who's aware, who has let the word of God dominate. Uh, to be to reign in, in his firmament, not the not a person who's like the rest of us who are just you know, let us push this agenda because you know it's sensitive to our souls. And nini but have you really investigated? Have you really uh, really investigated it against a word anyway? Uh, back to what I was saying, uh, back to the uh, place of gifts, uh. Another, uh, after talking about those uh, you know, uh, gifts that uh, affect the souls of men, we have uh, also gifts that uh, we would call them spiritual gifts. Uh, you know, like let's say the ascension gifts, uh, you know, uh, apostles, prophets, you know, the fivefold. Uh, what happens with these gifts is that they too affect the souls of men. But they no long they do not just affect the souls of men. They also have uh, strength in the spirit to open doors into other dimensions and to open doors into the spirits of men. That's why if you ever listen to an evangelist, they'll preach the simplest sermon like, uh, uh, let's say what. Uh, uh, let's say Elijah and uh, uh, Ahab and the way he stopped rain for three years and then now he killed the who are they? Uh, The the 850 prophets, yeah, they are 800, not 450. Uh, 400 of Baal and 450 of Asherah. Or the other way around whichever they are eight fifty in total, he killed all of them and uh, from then he can get as a uh, call a uh, um, altar call and you know thousands of guys will be saved but uh, give that to a prophet or a uh, or le- let's say or a teacher he'll he'll probably teach on that, but maybe call an altar call and only five or ten guys get saved because what they happen is all those gifts have different and they open different doors in the spirit. You may be saying the same words, but because of the nature of the gift, uh, your gift opens, it's a a, a key to a different door. Not the words, the, the gift is a key to a different door. So uh, you, uh, you by by the operation of these gifts, just the observation of the op- operations of such gifts, uh, like you know he'll preach the same thing, an apostle will preach the same scripture, but what you'd see is just another realm of uh, 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 mysteries and revelations. You'll be like, wow, a prophet will teach from that, and you'll be like uh wow um love done a prophetic word for this season just from that or a teacher will teach from that and you'll be uh, you'll be like oh there are great life lessons from this or uh, lessons on how to live for Christ from this. But uh that is uh that about um uh the difference between you know what gifts in the spirit you do because there are different keys to different doors in the spirit. See that that gift is uh a key to a door. So, uh, what happens uh, in the in the place where? The, no, let me. Uh, before I go there, I hope you understand now. By now, everyone has, you know, God Christ at this point, you know, has given gifts to all men. Uh, so, within you, do not. Sh- do not doubt that you don't that, that you have a gift uh, you have a gift whether you're a believer or not whether you are you know an atheist whether you are in a place where you are doubting god whether god is hearing you or raising you no god has already placed a gift in you if you think you are nothing no you're not you're not nothing god has already placed a gift in you that is designed to give you influence over men man in a certain dimension in a certain realm I hope you've understood until that point. So uh <laughs> uh back to Ephesians 4. So he, wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he gave gifts to men. He led captivity, get captive, and gave gifts to men. So what happens? Uh um, <laughs> so one is started say, by saying gifts are inborn, uh, and they are given. So you are born with a gift, do not doubt about that. So, what happens? Uh, uh, how do gifts get transferred? If Christ no longer has gifts, that—that uh, <laughs> that is a—that uh, that is the, the question I, I asked myself. He has, if he has given gifts, how come he? the instances where it looks like it appears that he's still giving gifts but he no longer has gifts if he, are, he has already given all of them. So uh, <laughs> uh, God showed me a few things and that I'd like to uh, highlight a few things. Uh, so if you go to the same verse from uh, Ephesians 4, you go back to Psalm 68 verse uh, 18. Uh, your I don't know which version, what version this is, but uh, it says uh, you have ascended on high. I should have highlighted it. You have led captivity captive. Same verse, but this one, what it it is rendered as is, um, you have received gifts from men, even from the rebellious, the Lord, that the Lord God might dwell there. So. Uh, in this instance is receiving gifts but in the instances in inefficiencies <laughs> he's giving gifts so one thing God told me is uh, <laughs> one of the way gifts uh, gifts get uh, transferred is uh, when somebody gives us uh, a rebellious person gives up a, a gift if I may say <laughs> or uh, uh, <laughs> I'll i point I'll point a few examples before uh, I'll go to First Kings chapter eleven. Uh, this is the part where Solomon was being prophesied to, and he was told, "Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded you, I will surely tear, tear the kingdom away from you and I will give it to your servant." Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father, David. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Uh, However, I will not tear it away, uh, away the whole kingdom. I will give one tribe uh, to your son for the sake of my servant, David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. So here is the instance of a rebellious person (laughs) who surrendered a gift you know, God was telling me, wow, okay, fine. Oh, he surrendered a gift. Wow, okay, sour. So their gifts been surrendered by rebellious people every day. That's why you find some people will say, I was not the first one to be called into this job, you know, of preaching the gospel. You know, other people were called before me. Uh, uh, oh, other people were called before me. But uh, they rejected that opportunity. Uh, to be uh, to 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 use that gift, so by the act of rejection they have given up the gift because christ no longer has it's a gift because it has already, be, christ is no longer the owner of it so what happens is that there are gifts that need because of the work of God that needs to be transferred to others so you have to be aware that sometimes there are gifts in the spirits There are gifts and mantles in the spirits. Uh, number two uh Uh, The second example you'll uh, see of uh, a rebellious person is the example of Saul, you know Saul because of his disobedience, you know Samuel tells him uh, in 1 Samuel 13 verse 13, uh, you have done foolishly, you have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God which he commanded you, for now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be the commander of his people because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you. So, uh, entrance, David's entrance (laughs) was uh, made possible by Saul's rebellion. uh, by the, uh, what I say, the foreknowledge of God. Uh, So uh, uh, so the rebellion helped uh, David's entrance into the gift of kingship become possible. Uh, That is the second instance, I'd say, of rebellion. Uh, However, um, gifts um, which had also put Mantles in this place can also be transferred, but how mantles are transferred are not how we think they are transferred. Uh, what we are used to. Yeah, uh, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 13. 2 uh, Kings 2 verse 13. Uh, he also took up the um, This was when uh, Elijah and Elisha were uh, were coming, to, were leaving each other, were departing from each other. So second Kings chapter 2 Kings 2, verse 13, he also took up the mantle that Elijah had, f- the mantle, he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah uh, uh, that had fallen from him again and struck the water and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had... Also, when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and the glacier crossed over. So uh, mantles are interesting. It's an interesting thing. We think, uh, we are taught that mantles are placed on another person, but from this instance, you see mantles, mantles are dropped on the ground. It is for a person to be able to identify it and pick it. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, let's say I'd give uh, the example of uh, Benny Hinn and Catherine Kuhlman. You know, Benny Hinn only interacted with Catherine Kuhlman maybe thrice, and it was because uh, uh, Benny Hinn was, uh, was an usher. So he was always very far away from because it was the days of the big tents and all that he was very far away from the pulpit so he was just an usher welcoming people into the crusade but now after catherine Coleman died it is surprising that it is not the people around her that who are closest to her that took up the monthly uh, it was benihin that took it up somebody who was very far away because People thought uh, by being close to uh, this woman of God uh, I have a higher yeah, it's true you have a higher chance of uh, 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 taking up that mantle. But it was not uh, necessarily the woman of God who determines it, who, uh, who determined who took it. It was the person who observed and saw the mantle that had fallen and picked it up. You understand me, okay? And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I wish I had a crowd in the yes. But uh, it, it was very interesting. It, he's the one who he's the one who picked it up, and it's the same thing all over. Sometimes you think uh, what uh, mantles will you know come automatically. You no, know, even being around here, the man of God does not necessarily ensure that uh, the mantle will come upon you. My God, I'll not finish today. Uh, <laughs> you have to be the. You have to have wisdom to be able to identify uh, what is going on uh, the uh, the season you are in, and to be able to identify that this man of God is about to go. Uh, a mantle is about to be dropped. Like right now, uh, men of God, great men of God are passing are passing on, and what is happening is their mantles are being are being uh, dropped. But do you have the wisdom to be able to identify and say, "I like this guy's style. I like this guy. What he's doing. I like how he did it. he did it." You know, now the era of the internet has made things so easy. You can sit down and study a guy, you know, th- through the internet. You can study a guy through the internet and catch his spirit, and say, "I, I, I get I, I get a hold of this mantle." You do not have to come into physical contact. You know, God has made things much easier for us. But do you have the wisdom to be able to capture it? Let alone, um, yeah, yeah, even this. I'm just, you know, giving you examples. I'm not even talking about a mantle that is currently in the house. But that is uh, just one of those examples. Because uh, uh, we are talking now today about gifts, which I will not uh, 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 belabor on. Uh, so. You know those are examples of uh, gifts and mantles we dropped that still need to operate. So they need to you need to identify and say uh, uh, to be the uh, to be a qualified candidate for the passing on of these gifts. I hope you've heard that you need to be a, you need to qualify yourself as a candidate for these these gifts and mantles. How you do that? Uh, uh, that one i will talk about on another day but that or rather that is for your own investigation you know in calculate but you are twenty percent then eighty percent you go and preach. so you go and research so become a become a candidate for your own in, or you pay me and i'll and will explain to you more whichever you know you can pay me in food and all that but yeah <laughs> you, you have you have to you you have to buy some things um so how does one identify a gift or the gift? I'll come to the gift later when I'm done with a gift. Uh, uh, one of them is through dreams and visions. Um, Genesis chapter 20. So there's this guy called Abimelech. Abimelech. Uh, Abraham went to Abimelech's land when there was, uh, was farming, and, and he stayed there then they saw their wife and they were like, ah, she's beautiful. Sarah is beautiful. Let's take her. And you know, uh, Abraham in his uh, cunning nature said, uh, she's my sister. He did not mention the wife part because he was trying to self-preserve himself. And so God appeared to him in a dream and have has a conversation with him and Anamambia uh, indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman you have taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near to her and said, this is Genesis 20, verse 4, Abimelech had not come here near her and he said, Lord, will you slay a, a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, is even, and she even herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have not, uh, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know you did this in the integrity of your heart, for also I withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all are, and all who are yours. So one of the ways is true gifts and visions. Uh, it was funny. It was not Sarah or uh, the family of Abraham who was able to identify the gift of the prophet that was in Abraham. Sarah did not, you know, after staying all those years, was did not know this guy was a prophet or did not know this girl has a gift that is called the prophet. Lot did not know. His father did not know. They... Uh, but God re- chose to reveal it to a person called Abimelech who's not even, you know, a, a believer. He just knows about, you know, God appears to him in a dream and they talk and, you know, God reveals to this guy that this guy is a prophet. So, I was just relating that that, has, that is one of the... Huh, I will... I will, I will <laughs> Uh, uh, that is one of the God highlights Uh, I've just seen something in that scripture that has uh, 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 that is uh, that is it's just uh, amazing I've just seen something amazing so God identifies the gift of a prophet in Abraham through a dream and uh, you know again uh, uh, you know, again there was uh, there was again Joseph's dream. The dreams of Joseph where he dreams that there's a sh- his a uh, sheep and the rest of the other eleven. Uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> uh, the the rest of the other eleven sheep bowed down to him in the field, and their brothers are like, uh, uh, will we bow to you? Uh, <laughs> But, uh, so that that gift identified, you know, that dream identified the gift of leadership in Joseph. However, he did not listen too unwisely too, if you, and uh, he did not have the wisdom. No wonder he was thrown to he was sold away by his brothers. You know, he provoked the brothers to jealousy by his gift, by the identification of his gift. Uh, Another way. Uh, before, uh, do I want to talk about Abimelech and what I've just seen? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just say this in pass passing. Uh, the 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 extent of the influence of your gift. Uh, determines the depth to which God can talk to you. I'm saying that very carefully. Uh, The extent of the influence of your gift determines the depth to which God can talk to you. Because Abimelech was a king, uh, God saw it fit to reveal to a king uh, the true nature of Abraham of which he is a prophet. Uh, because in his influence, he can do something about the situation of Sarah. Because uh, Pharaoh was a king, he, was able to, he did not give the citizens of, Abra- of Egypt a dream about Egypt uh, going into famine. He gave the king, because the, the king, uh, due to the gift and the influence of his gift, um, it allows him, to, uh, in his, in that capacity of his gift to be able to search out a person with uh, a solution to the problem. So that's why you need to grow your gift. You know, there are levels that come of hearing God that comes with the level of your gifting or the, or the growth of your gifting, if I may say. So, uh, that's why Sazingine is uh, You know, people uh, why is God speaking to we are both the same in the same church and God is speaking to this guy about this thing Uh, uh, let's say he speaks to this guy about things in the nation or in an international level no, it's just because your gift has only you have only grown your gift to the extent that it only influences your house but if you've grown your gift to the place where you, God knows your gift, when released, can influence a nation. you start talking to you about national matters. Uh, yeah, that is just what I've seen. But uh, that is, uh, uh, yeah, you can continue to investigate uh, uh, investigate your, uh, that further. So, uh you can also have uh, back to the identification of gifts uh, you can have a prophet identifying uh, a gift uh, so for example, or a man of God, let's say a man of God for this case so in first Samuel chapter three verse eight uh, and the Lord said, uh, called Samuel again the third time, and he said, so uh, the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me, and this is the third time God calls Samuel. He said, Samuel, Samuel, then Samuel goes to Eli the first time, second time, this is the third time now. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore he said to Samuel. Go lie down and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant here. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Uh, Samuel had a prophetic gift, but he did not know he has a prophetic gift. So the way he interpreted his prof- prophetic gift, he misinterpreted it. He, he misinterpreted, when God spoke to him, his, he misinterpreted it as Ellie's voice and went to Ellie. And God also is so interesting. He did not speak as Hophni's <laughs> voice or Phineas' voice. You can assume they were all living in the same house. He spoke as Eli's voice. So he goes to Eli's room three times. And uh, uh, Eli had the wisdom and the knowledge, and the knowledge of knowing uh, this is not uh hallucinations or anything like that it is gift in operation but he does not know that it is in operation so he tells samuel uh, in other words your gift is in operation this is how you shall respond to it this is how this is how it works and this is how you should use it so he identifies to samuel oh okay fine uh you have a prophetic gift and this is how you use the prophetic gift so Samuel goes back, God, uh, God calls him a fourth time, and God speaks now to speaks to him. And in the morning, no, in the morning, uh, Ellie asks, asks Samuel, God, what did God say? Then Samuel is like, uh, you will die, you and your family, after Ellie pressed him. And is like, okay, fine, if that's what the Lord has said, it is good. So I do not want to go into all that, but... Uh, He says there's another who is someone over there. Uh, What happened is um, the man of God, you know, a man of God will help you identify your gift and even won't fight with the gift. You know, uh, Ellie would have chosen to fight with the gift and said, no, you just had your own things. You know, like a lot of times uh, when when <laughs> when somebody <laughs> corrects you, then you're like, No, you have just seen your own things, uh, there's nothing over there. So you're like, Ah, fine. But you do not understand that it is uh, a gift in operation. That's, I'll, I'll just leave that hanging there. Um, uh, Genesis chapter 33. Uh, And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive you out to the Canaanite, and the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Genesis chapter 33, verse 2. Verse 3, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So here, in Genesis chapter 33, God is having a conversation with Moses, and is telling him... uh, I will put an angel before you and you will go with him. And he will go with you, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people. I found that to be very interesting. This angel uh, actually could actually lead the people of uh, uh, Israel to the land of the promise, but without God. So uh, sometimes you have, uh, we think all... Uh, Identification of gifts are all just operations of god, but some sometimes God will place an angel or another and now in this in our context another man of God to lead it to the gift, but it doesn't- necessarily mean that God is involved in that, if I may say <laughs> for God one canon but without God, and then you know after that is when uh, uh who, the mr Moses says uh if you do not go with us, then uh, we will not go. I will get. I'll get uh, around that next time. So there's uh, there's an angel of God, um, and it is very possible, you no, know, that uh, God may send angels in his in our midst, You're in the midst of a congregation, but he is not there. You know, so again, uh, identification of angels is not always a good thing. I know, you may see angels and be happy. It may just be an indication that you're on the way to the gift, but God is not on the way to the gift with you. You understand me. So it's, that, that's, a, 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 I was just saying an angel or a man of God in this, in our modern times can help you identify a gift. And I've jumped my sermon into somewhere else, because uh, as you can see, ah, my God. Uh, Most of the time, we are looking for an angel to lead us to a gift. In our modern day, it is the prophet we are looking for, if I may say, to lead us to a gift. We think we need a father, but you actually just need a prophet to identify your gift so i you know a lot of us are and that's how i I began by saying not everyone needs a spiritual father and a lot of us are in that dimension or in that place we do not need a spiritual father because uh, we only need somebody to lead us to the gift we want we only need somebody to tell us this is your gift (laughs) and you know gifts are, are very interesting because they are they are not uh, god does not uh, recall them or revoke them you are the only one who can uh, deny your own gift if god has given me the gift of being a businessman beyond a prophet identifying it uh, beyond that perspective i really do not in a sense i'll say this carefully i really do not need to go uh, god to go any further than that (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, my, my, my use for the prophet has ended at that point which is the point where a lot of us are at and that's why uh, the, the, the idea of spiritual fatherhood is uh, very very difficult for, for a lot of us because uh, we are not able to reconcile with the fact that in our hearts we are looking for a prophet thinking we are looking for a father a father does not, a father is not, a father, fine, I'll say this, a father will help. can help you steward the gift, but a father does not need dare to for you for the gift to be operational. Uh, I'll put an example of Dangote. Uh, this is a very interesting guy, he's a Muslim. Uh, but what happened is there's a time, uh, the father of the land in West Africa, uh, Idahosa Benson, the Archbishop. There's a time uh, he needed uh, his friend to fly, he was a minister, I don't remember, it. Also. I, I don't know if it was Serulo or T.L. Osborne or it was who, who needed to fly and the plane was full. So he actually got into the plane with this guy and said, uh, uh, this man of God and his wife need to, oh, T.L. Osborne, thank you, who was his spiritual father. Uh, and this man of God needs to fly and he needs to be on this flight because if he doesn't cl- catch this flight, uh, it will mess him up. And who stood up? Dangote. And uh, he gave up his seat. Imagine, he gave up his seat. And uh, the man of God, uh, of blessed him. And now Dangote is the richest African, as you know. But yet he's a Muslim. <laughs> and he opened, his interaction with in, in Hossa ended there. Idahosa blessed him and said how he'll prosper financially. You know, Idahosa unveiled that gift of prosperity because of that one act that Dangote did. But now, because uh, the gift has been revealed, there was no, no longer the need for a prophet. And so he went and he has succeeded. I'm just showing you instances. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, you you, you look at Saul, he was uh, professed to, to be a king and then he went and, uh, you know, by the prophet Samuel and anointed and he went. But you can't see the lack of the, re- the relationship of the father because uh, uh, his, he was disobedient but still the king. The prophet appeared once in a while to correct him but uh, because of the principle of lacking the principle of fatherhood, he was not able to sustain his gift of uh. Kingship and it was, and it went. I'm not saying you would be able to sustain the gift, I'm just giving an example that you do not need a father. You think you need a father, but you really do. What you're looking for is a prophet. What you're looking for is a prophet. How do I know you do not need a father? If you have the same goals as an unbeliever, you want to become rich, you want to become influential in the marketplace. Uh, they have done it without fathers why do you need one you know those are questions so because we must now really redefine this relationship we are like uh, uh, so what is the role of our father then (laughs) what is the role of our father then because most of us are looking for a prophet there's nothing wrong in looking for a prophet (laughs) you know let me say this the first time I met Percy, he prophesied to me something, a few things. Uh, it was at Butter Hilton. Uh, he prophesied me. I think the what stood out for me is, but I do not need to tell you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, whatever he, he prophesied, he prophesied, and, uh, and it's okay. But at that point, you know, our interaction would have ended, and... Uh, it did end briefly for, because uh, we didn't meet again until the other week. I was calling somebody, then he overheard, then he was like, is that Lilia? Then we talked, then he was like, can I get your number? Can we meet for breakfast? And then that's how we started meeting. Uh, but, uh, and for a long time, he continued being a, a prophet until I saw something in him that, uh made me want to not just become interested in the prophetic gift he has because most of us are looking for that uh wow my time is over according to the clock above me i can see it's 15 to 1 and uh, people online do not uh, concentrate a lot and there are a lot of distractions but uh, you can go and listen to the sermon again. I will uh, just say one thing. I hope I'll continue soon with this. If I do not continue soon, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> because the next sermon will be on the next part two. I wish I can show you my notes. Uh, <clears throat> Let, let me say, say this at the, at the end of one um, in the operation of your gift I'd even say this even in the operation of your gift in church and what would say in, uh, in the church generally like let's say um, uh, I'm a teacher I'm, I'm a pastor you know you can operate in that gift without needing a father let me even go as far as that uh, let, me, let me go as far that you can, uh, uh, you can you can operate even in those gifts <laughs> without a father uh, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just provoking your minds to think so uh, if that is your aim uh, I want to announce to you uh, that you do not need a father, you just need a prophet to be able to identify that gift uh, how you how you how you relate with the prophet is not how you relate with the father. Uh, <laughs> the realm of fatherhood is the uh, name a uh, realm of uh, the exchange of a spiritual name. If I going have been given an extra fifteen minutes, but I can't do justice to this in fifteen minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me say something about gifts. Um, well, I will start from now. Uh, your, you, the, the, uh, you have uh, your gift is also your voice. Because now I remember the t- topic of the someone was interpreting the gift, stroke the voice. Your gift is also a voice if in in one way or or, or, or your voice, part of what constitutes your voice is a gift. So your gift, as I told you, helps you operate in the firmament, you know, in the waters below the firmament. That's why your gift is most prevalent. But there's something called a name. A name is something that operates in the waters above the firmament. Your name is in the spirit. And uh, now, <coughs> uh, your gift uh, establishes the realm where you should be. For example, uh, if I have the gift of music, I know then one of the most influential places would either be in church or uh, in the media industry. And that's where my gift, that's the dimension it has put me in, that's my Garden of Eden. But however my my name my name is where uh, is the designation of my influence in the spirit. So my gift is you know my, influ- my designation of the influence in the realm of the soul but my name is the designation of is the extent of my influence in the spirit, for example, uh, if a police officer arrests me today, uh, no, my dad is a cop, that doesn't make sense. And uh, let me say, I'm Rob, his dad is not a cop. Uh, uh, he can say, I will call my dad, and you know, cops will, won't get, uh, would, would, uh, get uh, scared. But let's say, if I was Guru Kenyatta's son. And they they arrest me and they say you know my father is, is Mr. Kenyatta we'll call him. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, there, there's a difference. So his name uh, ha- has a certain influence that uh, this other name does not have. If I if I get if I. If I can communicate that clearly, his name has an influence that my name does not have. I hope you understand that. My God. So, gifts are uh, gifts are in the realm of the soul, which a lot of us is what we are looking for, and th- that is why a lot of us are having problems in this season. Because uh, this is also a season of uh, fathers. Uh, I don't want to say it, okay, watch a new one here. Uh, this, this season, this year has been a a, a season in which fathers have been uh, birthed and also fathers have been, uh, uh, fathers are birthing fathers, if I may say, or transforming sons into fathers, if I may say. Uh, yes, Dan as a later divorce I did not want to touch on. so uh, your name is uh, so it's been that that kind of a season but because a a lot of us are still in the uh, realm of looking for a prophet instead of looking for a father uh, we are still stuck at why things are not working uh, why certain relationships are not working um yeah, I think a few things I'd like to say, no, there are many things. I'm actually on page three of eight of my notes, so I can't help you guys really much. But I'd say this, uh, the mystery of the name is the uh, mystery of your success, uh, the mystery of your prosperity. Um Let let me just say this as I I close. Uh, Especially for women, I'll tell you a secret that uh, I have discovered. Uh, The extent you're able to plug in. God has designed uh, fathers for... uh, Remember, Pasit said your husband is a father. God has designed uh, inheritance to come through the father. So if your husband is your father... (laughs) <laughs> then God has designed his inheritance. Uh, uh, you know why there's a change of name? Let me say why there's a change of name. Like let's say my wife changed from Marcy Kinyo to Marcy Mandela. It's because I'm talking from one system of inheritance that was Kinyo to another system of inheritance that is called Mandela. So God in his uh, wisdom has already ordained that's why marriage is powerful. I, in fact, when I saw it, I was like, this, this marriage is more benefiting to the woman than to the man. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, because if you look, uh, the relationship between church and the, uh, the church and Christ benefits the church more than it benefits Christ, if you look at it. So... Uh, in the system of inheritance has been changed from, from, you know, for the difference between us and believers, and uh, believers is because we've now entered a new system of inheritance. So, if a woman has gotten married to a, this K has entered into a new system of inheritance. Now, if in this church you're having the divine marriages, then a woman has entered into a system of divine inheritance that is not, that is uncommon to the other women outside there. I'll talk about the mystery of the name next time. I'll stop there. I'll go for another hour if I continue. Um, The mystery of the name and the mystery of fatherhood. However, today you've learned that because of your desires, you do not need a father. I'll talk to you about the desires that will will, uh, give birth to a father. But today I've just helped you identify... your your desires that why they do not call forth for a father and they only call forth for a prophet amen i think i'll uh, i thank god for the revelation that is in this place and now hand over to